0: Welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to episode 69 Perfect Partner Syndrome. Hello there, lovers. Okay. Today, I'm recording, and it's a bit of a madhouse in here. My kids are home. I have actually been working really hard on my brand new five-day Bring Back the Love Challenge. If you don't know about this, I recorded a Facebook Live that I posted here, but you have got to join me. It begins this week, and I am so proud of this project. Essentially, you are going to go on a five-day journey with me, figuring out where you're at in your relationship right now. And unless your relationship is perfect, shining, unicorn light, (laughs) mine is not, (laughs) maybe yours is, but unless it is a perfect relationship with no room for improvement, then you are going to go somewhere in these five days. We are going to look at where everything is now, We're going to look at where you want it to be, and I'm going to give you, over the five days, tools, steps, and mindset shifts to help you have the relationship you want. That's why you're listening to this podcast, right? You want to revitalize your relationship? Well, I'm going to give you the goods, and of course, this is going to be an opportunity for you to get to know me a little bit more as your coach. So for these five days, think of me as your personal coach. I'm going to be interacting with many of you, so head over to revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash love dash challenge. Okay, today I want to talk to you about the perfect partner syndrome. Do you have it? I think some of you do, because I know a lot of you out there from early childhood have been hearing about all the fairy tales, you've seen the rom-coms, you definitely have been inundated with an idea that there's a perfect partner out there waiting for you and you have to find them. And you know, if you're really lucky in life, maybe there's two people (laughs) out of the, how many billions of people in the world? Yeah. There's only one or two for you and you got to find them. You've got to know them. Sometimes you have to shine the diamond a little bit and maybe a little, uh, mucky in there. (laughs) So this is what I want to talk to you about today, this idea of the perfect partner. And not only are most of us trying to find this perfect partner, if you are with a partner trying to mold your partner into the idea that you have about what's perfect, but some of us are even trying to be the perfect partner. Now, this of course is going to look different for different people. Some of us, our perfect partner is going to... Be like a master chef and someone else's perfect partner is going to love baseball. (laughs) Those are, of course, maybe more trite qualities, but almost universally, some of those qualities are going to include things like being intelligent, gorgeous, funny, enjoying the same things as we do, um, wanting to do all the chores we don't want to do wanting the same amount of love, attention, sex, communicating the same way, knowing what we want before we know that we want it. You know, of course, we all want a partner who just like knows magically what we need or what we want and delivers it to us before it even occurs to us. Now, trying to learn about a sport or an area of knowledge to impress another person might be something that you do to become the perfect partner. Maybe you know the person you're dating or the person you're married to is really attracted to funny people. So you go out of your way to try to be witty. You know, that always, almost always falls flat, right? (laughs) Have you ever tried to be funnier than you are in the moment? You know, you try to come up with a hilarious joke and it just tanks. It's super awkward and weird. Um, I have done that. (laughs) I can... Definitely, sometimes I want to be funny and it just never works. So, attempting to change and mold yourself into the perfect partner is something that maybe some of us do. I have done it, I know some of you do it. But here's the thing if you have ever tried to force someone else or yourself into the mold of the perfect partner, then you probably know intellectually at least that it doesn't work, it's really exhausting. And it's sort of just a breeding ground for resentment, feelings of inadequacy, miscommunication. All of that goes under the quest for the perfect partner. I actually have a couple of clients right now who are recovering perfect partners. They've been doing a lot of work to take care of themselves and become more empowered. And one of the big changes I notice is that their time and their energy is not being like consumed in this losing battle of trying to be perfect and please other people so that they can get the love and the recognition that they want. This is the underlying thing, is that we think that if our partner's perfect, then we're going to feel more love, right? We're going to feel like they really care. They're really attentive. They've really tried to become the person we'd like them to be. I mean, talk about stroking the ego. Imagine if you took credit for someone quote unquote, bettering themselves because they wanted to earn your love. We've seen that in how many movies. Um, (laughs) I actually was thinking about this the other day. I had um, an ex-boyfriend once tell me that I was like a mechanic, that I would like fix up broken people and like send them on their way And, you know, I think he actually meant it as a compliment, but now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was probably just a huge boost to my ego to feel like I helped people get better. And then, then I let them drive down the highway into the sunset so that the world could appreciate them more. I mean, it's very silly to think about it that way now, of course, but if you're honest with yourself, how many times have you tried to mold someone else into your idea of perfection? Because you thought that if only they were a little more personable, if only they were a little funnier or a little more intelligent, then you, by association of being their partner, could feel better. You could feel like you had some status. Like, I'm with the person who's funny and the life of the party. I'm with the person who's a genius. I must be fantastic myself because look at my partner. That stuff definitely goes on. And whether you are consciously or just as sort of a default from everything you've learned from culture and movies and media and society, trying to coerce somebody into being your idea of perfect and meeting all of your expectations so you can feel better about yourself, or if you're trying to be the perfect one to get more love and more recognition and more gratitude from your partner, today I just wanna give you a couple of other options to experiment with. I know this might feel like a bit of a punch in the gut, and I want to just assure you right now before I tell you a couple of these suggestions that... One of the most loving things you can ever do for yourself is just to recognize some of these patterns and not do it from a place of self-loathing. I don't want you to take anything on this episode or anything else I'm ever sharing with you as another reason of why you're failing as a human being. This is not what the uh, intention behind what I'm sharing really is. What I want to do is help you uncover some things that may be playing out in your life that you're not even aware of. Our brains are very good at disguising this stuff. And especially if it's just a pattern that we've been running for years and years and years, you know, if, if the pattern in your relationships, maybe not just your marriage, maybe other relationships in your life is that, gee, I just wish everybody would do what I want them to do. I can't understand why nobody is a good enough friend to me. I can't understand why my partner just won't do all of these things I expect of them. Don't people know how the world is supposed to work? You know, if you find yourself getting really upset about the way other people behave in your life, people that you love, that is time and energy being drained from your life that you can't get back. So my intention for you is to expose these patterns, whether you are the perfect partner, quote unquote, or whether you are trying to push your partner to be perfect. I want to show you some other ideas about what you could do to change this pattern so that you can be free. (laughs) This is a big part of what I do with my clients all the time is just get you to a place where you are able to use your time and your energy and your life for something of purpose and substance and not to just feel like shit all the time. Deal? Deal. Okay. So let's start with one of the things you can do if you recognize from listening to this podcast that you are trying to subtly or not so subtly force your partner into your mold and idea about what's perfect. It sounds really simple, but you're just gonna let them be who they are. <laughs> of course, that's easier said than done, but if you f- figure out that you've been treating them like, you know, the example I always use, it doesn't sound nice, but if you've been kind of treating your partner like an unpaid assistant, here's the experiment you can run. For one full week, seven days, do not ask them to do anything for you. Now, of course, I mean this within reason, don't take this to the extreme. <laughs> If you break your leg, ask them for help for sure. But you know, like don't ask them to take out the trash. Don't remind them of something you want them to do. Don't ask them to pay the bill. Don't ask them to go fetch you whatever you normally ask. I ask my husband for water every single night. So if I were doing this with him, I wouldn't ask him to... Uh, change the baby's diapers. I wouldn't ask him to go get me water in the middle of the night. I wouldn't ask him to get a bottle for our child in the middle of the night. Those are just some of the examples. But like it's those small things that we don't think too much of that we ask our partner to do. Um, This might include things like don't expect your partner to plan date night. If you want to have date night, don't ask them to do it. Don't wait for them to do it. Don't sit and think about why they should do it and why you shouldn't. Your job This experiment is for one full week, make a list of your, all your expectations that you have of your partner. I like to write it out and do all of those things for yourself. And if you are serious and you really do this, I'm going to promise you one of two things is going to happen. The first is you're going to make that mega huge list and you're going to do everything on that list for yourself and you're going to do it perfectly. And what's going to happen is you've saved all of the drama of asking someone else to do it because if you did everything on your list perfectly, you probably did it better than they are doing it. (laughs) You took out the trash perfectly. You got your own water perfectly. You paid the bills perfectly. Then you get to just enjoy the other person. If you've taken care of your list of needs, expectations, desires perfectly, The only thing left to do, the only job your partner has is to be there, to be enjoyed, to be loved. It feels so good. Now, of course, the second thing that might happen, possibly more likely, (laughs) is you will have this mega list of expectations. And when you try to do them all for yourself, you're going to be exhausted. It's going to be the most work you have ever done in your life. (laughs) And probably you're going to miss the mark on some of your own expectations. You're not going to maybe do it all perfectly. This is still very valuable. This is actually probably even more valuable because if you have a list, a laundry list of expectations that you've been deferring to someone else, and then suddenly you take ownership of that, you're probably going to realize that it's a hell of a lot of work. And if you can't do it all for yourself and live your life, why, oh, why have you been asking your partner to do this for you? Of course, I know it's a subconscious thing, and you probably didn't rationally realize how many things you're expecting them to do, but that is why I want you to actually do this exercise, okay? So you're either going to make a list of expectations and do it all yourself. It's either going to be perfect and you're going to get an A, plus and you'll always take care of your own stuff, or you're going to do it terribly. You're going to realize, hey, this is kind of a shitty deal. No one's helping me out here. Why did I expect my partner to do all of these things for me when they have their own life to live? (laughs) And that may just be the mindset shift that you need and the proof that you need that you want to rethink those expectations. Okay. Now the second piece of this is for those of you who are Ms. or Mr. Perfect. You are the one in the relationship who's trying to be the perfect partner. You're always trying to be helpful. You're always trying to do everything for everyone else. You have a different job this week. For this week, I want you to start by making a list of everything you are doing. And you have to be very honest and very brutal to get love and recognition from your partner. List out all of the shit you do because you want them to notice, because you want them to just say thank you, because you want them to be more grateful. Okay. Be honest, do it all. It's probably going to be just as long as the other list. <laughs> and then I want you to go through and I want you to circle everything you do on that list that you actually love doing and you would continue to do, even if the other person never mentioned it, even if they never expressed any gratitude, they didn't even know you did it. The, the important thing here is for you to be honest about what you do for someone else. What you do thinking that you're going to get something from them in the form of love. Like everything you do for them, let's just assume that there's probably some transaction you are expecting. I know that sounds terrible and it, I, you're probably a very giving, loving person. So I'm not trying to say anything otherwise. But once you start to take ownership of what you are doing and you're doing only the things that feel purely like you want to do them, it's a choice that you're making or there are things that are essential to your life and you've decided to do them on purpose because they're important, you will probably find you have a lot more time and energy. So maybe notice if you've been trying to get some extra love chips from your partner and you're doing things that perhaps they never even asked you for, they don't even care about, And decide on purpose if that's stuff you want and need to do, okay? So I realize this is a big experiment. You are not alone as you do this. I hope that all of you will join the five-day challenge today and let me know how this goes for you. Again, you can do that over at revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash love dash challenge. We will be touching on some of this stuff and start with a huge assessment of where you're at in your relationship and how you're really thinking and feeling about it. And just one final thought before I sign off for today, you are already a perfect partner. You are a perfect human just because you exist. Of course, there are always ways to improve ourselves, to develop. All of that is absolutely true. But just because you are alive with this human potential, because there is a purpose within you, you are worthy. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to fit into someone else's mold. You don't have to have your partner fit into yours in order to be worthy and fueled by love and purpose in your life. So I just wanted to say that. And I hope that I will see you in the five day challenge coming up over at revitalizeyourrelationship.com love dash challenge. The link is, of course, in the show notes. I hope you have a beautiful week and a beautiful relationship. Take care.